everyone, welcome to the pink aisle. Yes, as always, it's me, Henry Kathman. And me, Emma Corey, the other one. Well, I think your title is far more prestigious than simply no, the other No, Henry, one. it's okay. We're both the other one. Okay, fair enough. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we are all in the shadow of Barbie. That is true. It goes Barbie on top regular bibble no. and, on top, and on top of bibble deep bibble that's the hierarchy uh, you are not gonna go by an episode without mentioning deep bibble are you i am keeping it here all right well wh- hopefully this is all we'll be keeping it with because we are going to be talking about barbie and the 12 dancing princesses today princesses but there's 12 of them. There are 12 and of them. And they are all dancing, I assume. This is one of those classic fairy tales, which I'm really surprised they haven't, like, adapted into a movie sooner. Is, wait, is it a fairy tale? Yeah, like, it's an it original from? Uh, Brothers Grimm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know, because from what I remember, it's essentially, it's kind of not really a lot of plot to go off I suppose not, but then again, like, so are stories like... The Frog Princess or Cinderella and stuff like that. And you can still, like, make a movie out of that. That's true. It is curious that Disney hasn't gone for it. Because, I mean, they really hit the jackpot with having the two pretty ladies in Frozen. Imagine if they had, like, 12 oh individual people they could sell. Oh, man. That would just be, like, a like a marketer's wet dream. Which, mm-hmm. honestly, this movie does kind of reflect that. Because checking through our other lord and savior the barbie movie wiki they released a metric crap ton of dolls in fact they got all 12 of the 12 dancing princesses in doll form and they all spin around really fast they all do spin around and it's like i'm going to give credit to mattel with this they use this as an opportunity to like try and make each of the 12 dancing princesses somewhat visually distinct from one another but, but how many uh, individual character arcs do you think we're going to get for all 12 of these dancing princesses? Mm, I'm going to say maybe one in a third. Yeah. So Maybe I'm, we'll get a half princess in there. Maybe. Yeah. One can only hope. But we have a lot of returning people on staff with this one. Uh, returning as director is Greg Richardson. Uh, with Alina Lesser and Cliff Ruby returning as writers. And also... Notably, there is going to be music composed again by Arnie Roth, who did the music for all the previous Barbie movies, and is honestly still just very underrated. Like, does a lot of really good stuff in these, but then again, he's going to be greatly assisted by excerpts from Felix Mendelssohn's Symphony No. 4, which is an Italian symphony, so... It's going to be interesting to see if they take any particular Italian influence within this movie. Yeah, and so this movie, it's like uh, 12 Dancing Princesses. That's not based off a ballet, is it, or anything? Oh, it's been adapted into ballets a lot of the time. Yeah, but it's not like music from the ballet? No, it's not. Okay, so this this movie is a bit of a a return to form because after so long since Swan Princess, we're getting another dancing movie. Yes, and honestly... After everything we've been through, I, like, listener, we are still in aftershock mode with the Barbie Diaries, so... I do not speak of the devil <laughs> in this Listen, house. Listen, if you talk about Deep Bibble... Deep Bibble is sacred, okay? <laughs> he brings goodness and happiness to all, okay? Yeah, so this, honestly, I miss kind of the dancing movies. Like, it'll be interesting to see if it, this movie suffers from the same pacing issues as uh, Swan Lake and The Nutcracker, but... Yeah, this movie is definitely interesting. Do you have any memories of this movie? Primarily of the doll commercial. I've seen I saw it once with my siblings, but I didn't really retain a whole lot of it. But I did have the commercial to this recorded on a VHS in between Nickelodeon cartoons that we recorded bootleg when visiting relatives with cable. So uh yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they go about this. Yeah, I'm kind of similar. Like, I know I watched this movie at some point, but I can't really remember anything that happens. And sometimes I've been surprised. I didn't really remember Rapunzel or uh, Princess and Popper that much either, but I really liked both of these movies. Yeah. So 
And a lot of people have a lot of really good stuff to say about this movie. Like, mm. this... I'm coming in with mild expectations. Yeah, same here. Like, at the very least, uh, we've seen how bad this can go, and we've seen how good this can get, so it might be interesting to see how high the highs go and, and how low the lows go. But, but the best part is, after probably the last one was Princess and the Popper, we finally have another B-list voice actor playing a villain in this yep. movie with Catherine O'Hara. Yes, Catherine O'Hara, who you might know from Home Alone, Beetlejuice, and... We just found out today she was the voice of Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas. So it's, from what I remember, like, she does a good job in, like, pretty much most of the movies that we've seen. I'm looking forward to what we will get in here. Oh, definitely. I cannot wait. And it's also, we are getting a much bigger cast because they actually went out of their way to pretty much cast most of the aforementioned 12 dancing princesses with their own individual voice actress. Which is very good, because I could see them easily just being like, just go to one lady, okay, we need you to do 11 different voices. Yes. I mean, as much as we appreciate Kelly Sheridan, we need some variety in there. Like, give some lady voice actresses some work, Mattel, because yeah. it's a tough feel. Give, let them do their thing. All right, so time to put on our dancing shoes. Step on to the floor. Twelve dancing shoes. Wait, no. No, that Twelve, that's twenty-four individual dancing. Twenty-four shoes. dancing shoes, but yeah. we need. It's time, yeah, it's time for us to step onto the dance floor and join Barbie and the twelve dancing princesses. Da, 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 da. Only at Toys R Us. Time to twirl and dance like a princess. Choose your dance. Now bow. You can get it, but only at Toys R Us. Learn to dance DVD and dance mat. Requires TV, DVD player, and adult setup. Batteries not included. And we're back. Yay. Yeah, so this is a pretty solid movie. Pretty solid. But what I learned from this movie is that princesses just want one thing, and it's disgusting. And by that one thing, we mean dancing. Because that is <laughs> are all you they not, want. <laughs> are you not a fan of dancing? I mean... I like dancing good enough, but according to this movie, like, it's like the only thing you ever want to do, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, well, we might as well get into it. So, this movie, obviously, because of the aforementioned 12 dancing princesses, it starts off by, like, trying to establish all of the different princesses. So, Barbie stars as Genevieve, who... She's not even the oldest one. She's like the middle child. Yeah, she's like the middlest they child. Kinda, they have essentially like three models for the princesses. They have like the adult ones that Barbie shares. They have like two teenagers. Yeah, yeah, and then they have like three little triplet girls that are all color palette swaps. Yeah, well you gotta get like the three like little ones. I do at least for at least for like the older models, they at least do try to put some little distinctions yeah, in the Yeah, they do facial. like make them appear more mature and stuff. Yeah, and, and with the teenagers and the triplets, they kinda justify, oh, they're twins and triplets. Yeah, so. so it's okay if they look all the same. Yeah. I'ma just run quickly through uh, each of them. So, obviously, we got Genevieve, uh, but I guess the next most prominent one is uh, Princess Ashlyn. To be honest, I might have some trouble trying to, like, figure out which one is which. Yeah, she is. Uh, pretty much most of these princesses, they try to give them a gimmick in the first scene, but after that, the gimmick is kind of dropped because, golly gosh, they do love them dancing, and that kind of becomes their only personality Yeah, trait. there's one that likes horse riding, and there's one that likes books. Yes. The only one that gets kind of a more individual screen time would be, like, Lacey, the blonde triplet, which yeah. is, like, the little girl. And finally, they've retired the big-headed baby children. Oh, yes. Models from... Poor big baby kids, but you will not be bowl, missed. Bowl-cut kid, rest in peace. But this movie actually, you see it from the beginning, it's definitely has improved visually. They it actually got really textures in the hair They now. got textures in the hair, like the clothing. I 
like those clothing also has textures like you notice like there was the little lace patterns yeah. at the edge and then you the... notice like there's just a lot more fluidity and more of like the background you know it's not yeah. quite as stiff and dare i say plasticky as yeah it's been. yeah i think that's a very fair assessment well yeah. i mean we saw in mermaidia how uh they have actually improved the models, but it was kind of just hard to tell because they were keeping the old models from the previous movies. Yeah. I think they definitely took a lesson from some of their previous efforts. And, and I think the result is a much better looking movie. That and just like the directing, there's a lot more kind of more dynamic shots and transitions. Yeah. So. That was something I really appreciated. Like... I always get a nice kick whenever, like, a movie that doesn't necessarily require a elaborate shot tries to go that initiative anyway. Like, even if it doesn't turn out 100% good, it still feels it nice. It just kind of adds a little bit more of uh, something interesting. But essentially, this movie, at least from outset, it, has, it does have a very simple story. There it really does. isn't a lot that happens in this movie. Yeah, unlike most of our previous episodes, this is probably going to be the least heavy on plot synopsis. But then again, then again, we've said that in the past before, and these recordings will sometimes end up being like two hours long, so I guess we'll see with this. But, uh, yeah, the movie starts off where we get to see all of the different princesses. Uh, so Ashlyn, she's the oldest one. They don't really give her a gimmick. She plays the flute at one point, but... Yeah. Uh, not much there. You got Courtney. Uh, she loves to read, and she always has her nose in a book. This doesn't go anywhere. Uh, we got Delia, who I guess loves to dance and play loves sports. To dance. Yeah, yeah, that's not a unique sports, trait. But they don't like. Okay, they they try to kind of give the princesses their own thing. Yeah, because like the. There's one that loves to ride horses. There's one that likes to read. Two of them like to play croquet. And one of the little girls collects bugs, which is great. I love me some. I, I do love, like, I love some weird little girl bug obsession representation. Yeah, here. like, and honestly, that feels, like, very on brand for, like, the sort of audience that Barbies kind of attract. Because I guarantee you there is a nice chunk in that Barbie audience. Were you a kid who was, like, terrified of bugs or one who was like, yeah, bugs? I was, I was okay with bugs. Yeah, yeah I once stuck a pill bug up my nose and, uh... Yeah. That Chef wasn't a good idea. Out. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, then you got the two twins who are the teenagers and they're, uh, they like stilts. It's definitely the most abstract. Yeah, one. that... that that one confused me a little bit. Like, I don't know what their whole plan with that one was. But then you finally got, like, the little triplets with uh, Janessa, Kathleen, and Lacey. With, which, can I just say, these are some white-ass names. Yeah. Like, Well, they don't have Michaeli. No, or, they do not have a Michaeli. Uh, or Skyler. There is a Fallon. Fallon. That's... It is a bit out of, that one was the one name that felt kind of really? out of place with like the uh, Italian aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. Which, I mean, with that Italian aesthetic, like the we, music is like from classical Italian ballets and stuff like that. We only really get one uh, man with an Italian accent, though. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of vaguely British or like yeah. just American. <laughs> yeah, but th I suppose. Uh, setting accuracy isn't always the biggest priority with these movies. But we've got these princesses. Uh, they're fine. I think it's safe to say, like, in terms of Barbie characterization, where would you rank uh, Genevieve? I mean, I think it's because, like, she is in this larger cast. She doesn't, like, kind of stand out as mm -hmm. much. I agree. We never really, like, get to see what her thing is. Like, the only I th really think we get to see is, like, she's really into dancing, I guess, more than the rest of them yeah, are really into dancing. Yeah, yeah. But also, she's late. Yeah, like, that's her that's, thing. She's late. Which, that really confuses me, because if you're late to something, that implies that your time is being occupied by something. But, like, they don't, we don't get to see what Genevieve is, like, doing in her spare time to make her so late to everything. And it's, like, that seems like something that they could have just, like, shown. Like, heck, it could just be a simple matter of, like, ah, oh, she was 
losing track of time because she was dancing. And that's why she's late. Or, I don't know, it seems like... You can't really make someone seem spectacular for liking to dance in a movie where all of them are obsessive with the whole dancing thing. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie called 12 Dancing Princesses. And dance they do. Dance they do. But not before uh, they are being visited by Duchess Rowena. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Okay, that's a little rhyme. Yeah. Slight. So she's she's our villain kind of sort of stereotypically evil older lady Seductress gonna come to your kingdom. I was thinking they were gonna do like a she tried to get the king, but turns out the king is her cousin. Yeah, so like that is like they, the first line the king Which would have been historically accurate, but um, <laughs> luckily they didn't go there. Oh, thank god they didn't. But I feel like they just made that like their first line just so that any parents won't be looking at this like, is this okay? Is that a, I don't know. Yeah, yeah just so that they could be like, oh, okay, thank god. Okay, so obvious evil lady comes before yeah. they also establish that there's a the Ken, the love interest. Derek, oh, that's who's right. The cobbler, yes. Who has a little parrot sidekick with a vaguely racist voice Indian, to be on yeah. yeah, by white guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, Verby, not everyone needs an animal sidekick, especially if the animal sidekick doesn't really do anything. Yeah, this parrot, as. It's a very nice character model. Like, I appreciate what they did with, like, the texture with the feathers and all that stuff. And, like, he was actually very nicely animated, all things considered. But it's... He wasn't really doing much. Kind of just stood there making sassy comments as he talked to Derek. Yeah. And also, the evil lady also has her own animal sidekick as well. And a human sidekick who is... Um, Desmond, who is made of 70% torso. Yes, this is, is a, a very... He is a total s- Chad, just saying. <laughs> it's very... This is what peak male perfection looks like. I don't know, he skipped leg day by my estimation. But he's got the square jaw. Got that That's bone all, structure. He's got the bone structure. Got all the difference between a Desmond and a incel is just a few millimeters of bone. Always comes down to the skeletons. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about Derek as an entity? Uh, he was pretty decent as far as male protagonist goes. Yeah. They did give him more of like an active role. I agree. Yeah. He... Oh yeah, and we also mentioned Rowena also has a monkey. Oh god, the monkey. We'll get to the we'll get to the monkey, and we'll get more into like Rowena's thing. But so much of the cast feels like very background. To a lot of this stuff like we don't it's strange there like just really isn't really any character arcs in this movie yeah like the closest thing we get is like the youngest daughter being kind of like unsure of herself but it's not like not yeah really brought to the forefront and definitely it's, it's just kind of more of just like one scene it's definitely a very most of the characters here are pretty flat it's a yeah. lot more just, like, about having the sequences and having kind of, like, the dancing, whatever. I mean, it's not uh, bad by no, any No, means. no, no. It's just, like, kind of... It just feels, like, uh, pretty without a lot of substance to it. I think, honestly, the best part of this movie... So, Rowena. We've talked a lot about villains on this, especially uh, B-list celebrity guest villains. Yes, but the best kind. I don't know what it is with Catherine O'Hara's performance, but she is able to, like, imbue this character with such a level of subtlety and grace, and it's just brings this sinister air to her. Like, Yeah, which you wouldn't think from, like, because from the design point, the way they design the character, yeah. it definitely looks like she's going to be more over the top, but Catherine O'Hara is definitely a lot more, like, subdued they probably could have hammed up this character way more than they oh did. definitely i feel like under any other voice actress they probably would have like hammed it up like even angelica houston like as good of a job she did with uh rapunzel as mother gothel she still did kind of camp it up to a great degree which granted that is kind of her wheelhouse with a lot of these roles i don't know something about Catherine o'hara just 
when she comes in, she comes in with the intention of A, slowly take over the throne, but also make these princesses act proper and make them more ladylike. And I don't know, it really imbued the movie with like a sense of almost like a transgressive element where it was like encouraging audiences to not necessarily adhere to 100% feminine things. But the problem is they never really go anything more. Like it's yeah. also like because they kind of established Rowena, she like refers to them by the wrong name. So I think it almost might be more of like finding like individuality would be something I would... Yeah, I will say the theme of like bucking traditional gender norms. This is a it's a very like under the surface theme and it's definitely not as big as the theme of like seeking out individuality. I think you can see that honestly in a lot of these Barbie movies where they're mm -hmm. very much kind of like you got to do your own individual thing but they never really actually kind of like question any systems of power yeah like when will we get the commie barbie movie <laughs> to tell okay i know you're a big corporation but it's what the people want oh my god but i don't know it's it's interesting like i know why they do it but it does seem like these sort of period piece settings that they're establishing because this one talking parrots and monkeys aside it seems like pretty accurate to like a 16th century, like, Italian aristocracy thing. Maybe a little later than that. I don't know. In terms of, like, the attire and, like, how people are expected to act. And I, I agree. I think they should have put more focus into, like, making Catherine O'Hara more of, like, an imposing figure of tradition. Like, because... Mm -hmm. Some of these past Barbie movies have explored, like, that theme of, like, bucking systems of tradition before, like, Rapunzel did, and Princess and the Popper did so to a lesser degree. Even Prince of the Popper was kind of the same thing. That's, yeah, that's just, true. Like, Not questioned. Believe in yourself and maybe marry a rich man and you'll be okay one day. Yeah, except this time, she doesn't marry the rich man, she marries... Uh, the cobbler. Yeah, the, we'll, the Barbies in this movie, either they're already born into privilege or they marry into it by the end of the movie most of the time. Yeah, that seems like most standard princess arcs until a lot recently, so yeah. that's... like Seems the, the means of production, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Lord, could you imagine? Could you imagine? That would be such an interesting movie. <laughs> Hire us as writers, Mattel. We'll make a good one. Oh, man, yeah. Heck, we wouldn't even make it that overt. It, would, it could be something that, like... You gotta get him with the subtle, the subtle. Image. Gotta, like, subtly imply that sort of, like... You know, start him off simple, like, the idea of, like, maybe unions. Yeah. And then you can get into the... Barbie starts a union. That's the that's the, <laughs> the idea. So, Arena is starting, like, these very strict, proper things, like, telling him how to use a fan, like, giving them the proper ladylike lessons, and she now has them under a strict schedule where they can't be out dancing anymore, they can't be playing with their toys, or... Which, that's the thing you notice, they really establish, like, oh, Rowena is so awful to them, but she, like, doesn't really do much worse than be, like, make them go to bed early and make them do chores, so it's Yeah! Kinda, like, aside from the whole poisoning their father thing. Yeah, that's true. Like, I do think that they could have definitely made some of her things a lot more malicious. Like, I don't blame Catherine O'Hara for any of this. Like, I think she did a good job with the material she had. I think they could have, like, imposed more things like maybe make it so that they aren't allowed to interact anymore and so that they can focus on their individualized tutoring thing. Like, that was the thing that a lot of royal people had to do. Like, they were separated from families and often isolated and put into, or, like, frankly, abusive situations. Just send them to boarding school. Send them to Barbie boarding school. Yeah. Ooh, like, that could be, like, a nice ticking time clock where... Like, she's saying, like, in three days, you are going to be sent to boarding school, and, like... Yeah, but I think the thing in the movie is that she probably doesn't really even care that much about civilizing the Barbies, because she's no. all about, uh... She's all about poisoning that king. Yeah. Like, I would not be Poison that king! She even goes, like, the Shakespearean route and, like, hires an apothecary. And something I do like is that pretty much from the get-go, uh, Genevieve is smart enough to, like, just not trust this lady at all. But 
I don't know. Yeah. But either way, she like gets rid of all their convenient color coding and Yeah, they're no longer in these beautiful pastel colored dresses. Buy them in Target now. But yeah. you can but now she has them all together and it's all very sad. Oh, we didn't even mention the fact as they're doing their lessons, it becomes the triplet's birthday. But she cuts off the celebration so that they can do the strict lessons. They also do a synchronized song and dance number, which I don't know when they have time to choreograph all these dance numbers. Yeah, like Rowena criticizes them for being not proper and ladylike, but they're obviously putting a lot of effort into these dancing sessions. Yeah, like this is just one of those things where it's like you have these 12 perfectly coordinated princesses who are great dancers and you aren't thinking of like selling this like this would make them prime marriage material king like like you can get i think it would be funny if just like one of them just like didn't like dancing <laughs> there was just one there was just one that would have been that would have been a very interesting form of conflict with them but but it's 12 dancing princesses 12 dancing okay princesses. yeah they can't add like a 13th princess named Barb or something and just have her in the corner being like... No, hey. she, she she doesn't do ballet. She does, like, Irish river dance or no, something. No, she crumps. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We are going on a lot of There's, yeah. like, just not really a lot to this movie, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, because after they have this disappointing birthday celebration, they read this story that their mother used to give them that told of a magical realm where a princess danced there for three days before returning to the real world. And it was magical with golden plants and it could grant you every wish. And it's like, oh, wow, I'm sure we'll never see that in this movie. I am. So they find this floor more mosaic <laughs> that... <laughs> floor mosaic that has a symbol for each one of them and it's Genevieve that discovers that if she dances like the pattern from oldest to youngest and then does a little triple twirl it opens the portal to the magic realm yeah which no one is really surprised by the existence no one is of surprised magic. yeah and also i don't want to be too nitpicky about this but the idea of you just step on those tiles correctly like, thinking as how I was as a child, I loved to play, like, the whole tile jumping game where you would, like... It's not even, like, a complicated pattern. No. You just go... You just go, like, outer, in a circle. Outer, inner, outer, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's so simple a monkey could do it, which we'll see a, a little later. Oh, yeah, the monkey. The monkey is also there. I don't like to think about Okay, yeah, we might as well... T so, on I honestly think the weakest element of this movie is the animal sidekicks, because... Yeah, they're just kind of there. They're kind of there. They also got, like, a little cat. Yeah, we got a little cat named uh, Twilla, who's also voiced by the voice actress for Ashlyn, uh, who's voiced by Nicole Oliver, actually. So any yeah. of you MLP fans, that's that's there. But Bronies are thriving these days. Mm. Maybe. I don't Maybe. Know. I don't know. I haven't kept up. But <laughs> uh, she talks about how I was descended from a great tiger. And you better step off, you jerk monkey. See, I feel like I prefer the movies where the animal psychics just don't talk. Like, Honestly, yeah, like, as much as, like, Shiver and... Oh, wait, no, they do. The cats do talk in Princess and the Popper. But I like huh. the cats in Princess and the Popper. They yeah. gave them some plot things to do. Yeah, so. that's true, that's true. In this one, they're just... Again, they're just kind of there. Honestly, I felt like they probably could keep the monkey, and yeah. that would be fine. Like that would imp like that would introduce like a nice weird like eccentricity element to Rowena, and I think that I don't know it kind of works for her, yeah. uh, but so they go to this magical realm and it's this beautiful lake with all these golden trees and flowers surrounding them, and they ride this boat off into the center of the lake, and it's perfect for dancing because it can create music. I just want to establish that in this magical room, they established there are these golden flowers that can just grant Grant any literally wish. any wish. And they got healing water. Yes. I'm just saying that with this realm, they could, like, cure a lot of issues with a lot of like, people. Like, the water could probably cure any disease. You could, like, create a post-scarcity world with these flowers. Feed, get rid of poverty. But then again, if they don't have poverty, then they can't control the working class. So, you know, it's... 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, for all, like, the talk of how the kingdom is on the line and, like, how the power might be, like, taken over by... They never go outside the castle. Yeah. They got a brief scene with, like, the cobbler later on, but they never really show... Yeah, we just don't know much about, like, this kingdom or anything like that. It honestly would have been, like, fun if, like, they had a scene with, like, the girls, like, being a ruckus in the market. And that's where we could build up the fact of, like, oh, King Rudolph is, like, really worried about his daughters because they aren't proper. Speaking of which, we haven't talked about him. You got any thoughts on King Rudolph? Yeah, we got the the father. I mean, it is kind of nice to see a father relationship. Yeah, I don't... I mean, there was one kind of in Swan Lake, but that kind of got dropped pretty immediately. Yeah, because their mom is dead. Of, I mean, yeah, of course. She birthed 12 children. <laughs> it's amazing she made it that far. Yeah, like, oh man, in the last two, two sets, like, she had a set of twins and then triplets. Mm-hmm. Like, whoo, lordy, to have five children and it appears that like she didn't die in childbirth because they talk about how like you might not remember this to like the youngest of the five but it's like like the youngest children are five so the death must have been pretty recent and like the different twins like i think they were like 10 or 11 it was kind of hard to tell but yeah they were It's best to not just... Yeah, it's best to not worry about. But anyway, they essentially, they just dance the night away and they wear out their shoes. So... Yeah, they buy these shoes and they spend so much time dancing. Like, A, how cheap are those shoes? Which, probably not, because... Maybe Derek is just a really bad shoemaker. (laughs) No one can tell him otherwise. Or, or, maybe he's making them, like easy to wear out so that he'll have an excuse to come to the oh. palace again. Or maybe he's craving, like, false scarcity to get sell more shoes. Yeah, it's some nice planned obsolescence. Which, so. good for him. Take that money from the rich, okay? Yeah, I mean, nice work if you can get it, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, like, I said the weakest element of this movie was the animal characters, but also I feel like some of the dancing just feels, like, a little... I mean, it's very obviously, like, copied models and, like, kind of looped sequences. Yeah. It just, even though they got, like, more dancers, it's obvious, like, even from the credits, it's, it's, it's essentially just five people yeah, doing everything. Yeah, it's five different performers from the New York City Ballet, which they do a phenomenal job. They do a very good job, but it's just very obvious that, like, they took the dance sequences that they had motion captured or rotoscoped or however they did it, all mapped out, and they just copied that sequence on into different princesses. It's fine. It ends up looking decent, but I don't know. Something I enjoyed about uh, Swan Lake is that they did similar things, but there were these slight elements of imperfection, and it's, like, slight... It didn't look so uncanny as, like, these, like... Yeah, like, you got this actual element of, like... They weren't 100% in sync, but they were in sync enough where it's still impressive. Because when you just simply copy and paste movements, it adds, like, this sort of robotic quality Yeah, dancing sequences in general just aren't that impressive to the eye in CGI movies, especially when it's just, like, kind of copy Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, listener, I can't tell you how many animated movies I've seen where as soon as there's just, like, a dance party, I'm just, like, And it's her face. Now I'm a believer. Yeah, I mean, even, like, like the prevalence of, like, what DreamWorks and Illumination and Blue Sky have done, it's just some of the laziness that can be seen within that sort of tier of animation movie. It's, I don't know, but seeing it in a Barbie movie, I, I suppose it's somewhat to be expected because they are on this, like, B-tier movie with, like, this lower budget, so... I imagine that there were probably, like, some poor animators uh, at Mainframe that were uh, looking at the prospect of having to release this movie in, like, a year, and they're like, crap, we gotta just map these sequences out onto them. It does seem like this movie was made specifically just to sell that Barbie dance pad that's got, like, yeah, the Yeah, so, on it. Uh, that's probably the commercial bumper that I want to use, but it, so, they have a toy out there listener where 
you would get like a DVD and a special dance pad that could teach you ballet. And looking at it now, it's ballet, like quote, quote, quote unquote, like, or at least give you like the steps to know how to do it. Where it would be like right foot on the rose, left foot on the lily, spin around and bow. You dance beautifully. Good impression of whatever audio they probably use for that video. Oh, listen, I've I've seen enough of those sort of things to know what it's probably going to be like. Dance Dance Revolution really changed the game, didn't it? It really did, but I suspect that that was probably the case with when it came to like that sort of design where they stepped. Yeah. But anyway, they just really love dancing. They really love they dancing. come back, and of course, like, they're really tired. Because... Yeah, which, did these girls spend, like, they go to bed, their bedtime is at 8 p.m., and their wake-up time is at 8 a.m. Do you mean to say that they stayed up for 12 whole hours and did nothing but dance? Well, that's why they wore the shoes in, I guess. I guess, but I'm like, like, something that would have been nice is if they, like, spent some of that time just, like, like enjoying their like little niche interests, like maybe like the bookish girl. But could Henry, be like, they gotta dance. <laughs> All know. they can do is dance. I know, but like it would have been nice if they could have had like given them some extra time, like in between dance sequences, oh. just to indicate that this isn't all we're doing, because. Either way, Rowena asked them, what's up? Yeah, but she did. like, the littlest one tells her what's up, but she's Yeah, not they tell the truth. It. I gotta say, as tropey as that is, I do really enjoy, like, the whole trope where a character is telling the truth, but the villainess is, is so cynical and jaded that they must think that they're lying. I don't know, it's a nice little subversion of, like, the idea of Paragons being completely useless. I don't know, I enjoy me a good Paragon character, and Barbie characters, when done well, they can be a good example of that. But anyway, but anyway she talks to her cobbler friend because they need new shoes now because yeah. they wore out those ones. And she says that she saw uh, Rowena talking to some man outside the palace, and she wants uh, Derek to go find him. So that's established also we get a little moment where like the lacy is kind of upset because she kind of got them in trouble because yeah and of course their punishment is just like raking leaves it's like oh no you gotta do work yeah oh heaven forbid but that is what the servants do i don't know it seems like the punishments are a little weak sauce and i feel like that's kind of the only problem that i have with rowena's character that they don't make her menacing enough because like some of the previous other villains like can feel really close to home like the villain of magic and pegasus like he feels very true to the idea of abusive individual like this abusive exploitative individual and i think that that's something that these barbie movies could explore more thoroughly because these movies aren't really about questioning the system but it is possible to like call out abuse and Injustice. And they definitely do do it in other movies like the Rapunzel yeah. movie. I mean, I guess Rowena is just sort of a mixed bag of a villain, mm -hmm. I think, because there's some... It's almost like they could have made her, like, more subtle or, like, more over the top. Yeah, like, I would have liked it more if there was that nurturing side, but it's all laced with this passive aggression, like, this sort of demeaning behavior that constantly, for lack of a better word, negs these girls. Anyway, so the, um, the cobbler, Derek, he essentially finds the man that, uh, Rowena had been talking to. They have a little horse chase sequence yeah which dude that was not necessary like he was probably just gonna like say hi to you be like hey what was going on and you could be like i don't know i just i just delivered some medicine and derek would be like all right that checks out i feel like this guy probably knew he was up to some shady probably yeah i might not be giving derek essentially it's revealed that he had uh given something to rowena which ends up being poison and that she yeah. had a paid him with a cha chalice from the queen, the dead queen. Yeah, which, okay, listen, Fabian, is it? Fabian. Fabian, apologies. You're telling me you're this apothecary. You probably were the one in that ended up poisoning Romeo and Juliet, for all I know. But you're given the opportunity 
to assassinate a king, like you have to know that that stuff is poison. And you're telling me you're doing this job for just a single silver cup? Like value your services, my dude. And he gives up that cup for a horse. For a horse! I mean, it's probably a nice horse. Like Derek seems to be doing pretty well for himself, but it's still like, sure. Derek is now like, now I must become the horse. <laughs> Yeah, he has to drag the cart back home. But it's like, are you that desperate for cash where you'll just take silver? But I don't know. Anyway, so back at the palace, Frances goes to sleep again and Rowena orders her beta cuck man servant <laughs> to watch the door to see where they go. Yep. And uh, of course, apparently not tired at all, despite not sleeping at all the previous night and working yeah all day. they're they're pretty much awake for three days straight which listen you know, if maybe there's some kind of like magical aspect but they're still like tired in the day yeah so exactly it's like, like so tired that one of them like face plants into their porridge it's it's strange like you'd think after two straight days especially being not used to it they would start just like hallucinating and like dealing with all sorts of issues. And you know, and you know, once they get in there, you know what they're gonna be doing. They gotta be dancing. They're dancing again. They're dancing the hots out. Only now they got uh, metal husbands with <laughs> them. So. Oh, sweet metal husband. <laughs> but yeah, so they wish to dance with handsome princes. It and the flowers grant them that wish by animating the statues that are in the garden, and it's like. Really? That's what you Establish want? Establish the garden can create life. It is Can create and sustain artificial life. And yeah. This garden is way too OP. To way too OP. Like, I guess their buff is that it disappears after three days. So. I suppose so. So they are, are dancing. It's fine. They dance. Yeah. It's gonna, isn't really much anything new. They go, they wake up the next morning. They're tired again. Yeah. And... This it's time, Rowena punishes them again. By, like, having them locked in her, their room and doing more chores. Yeah. And then also she's still poisoning the king, who's getting yes. worse. So, yeah, the king is slowly becoming more sick. And the doctor, the freaking doctor is just like, Oh, he must have a broken heart from the dead queen. And so it's you're going like, out the Padme route. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that. Let's be honest, a broken heart, that was code word for tuberculosis back in the day. Yeah. But it's like... They need to, like, hire better doctors. They really the do, like... Can't recognize a poisoning. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think this isn't the first terrible doctor that we've seen in Barbie movies. Like, wasn't there, like, another doctor in Princess and the Popper that... Possibly. I cannot I don't remember. know. We might be wrong on that. But it just seems like... Between the royal guards and, like, the royal doctors, like, whoever is doing the hiring in these royal kingdoms is just, like, I'm sorry, they need to just go in the dungeon because they are not doing a very good job screening these people. But, Background checks are important, y'all. But anyway, so, and they end up doing that movie thing where Barbie and, like, her little sister are outside the king's bedchambers and they hear... I'm talking to Rowena, oh and they think, God. oh, he said that they are burdens, but it turns out it was just, they just heard half of the conversation. Yeah, because so. as soon as they leave, it's like, but they are the most important things in the world to me, and it's like, fuck off. Like, no. No, no, one, no one sticks around. Oh, that's my favorite thing, especially when it's like in a romantic comedy where they're like, just let me explain. And they're like, no, run away. God yeah, damn. it's just like, I don't know. Just I mean, so we didn't really go into much detail about Rudolph. Like, he's, again, he's pretty bland. But, like, I do at least appreciate how these movies tried, at least better than Swan Lake, to explore a father-daughter dynamic. Because I think that's something that we don't get to see enough in these movies. Or in movies in general. I don't know. I did appreciate that one scene where he and Genevieve were playing chess with one another. And, like, it helped to establish, like, some things with Genevieve. Like, oh, okay, she's still pretty smart because she's beating her father the king at chess. It is. I wish there were just more scenes like that where they established, like, that sort of, like relationship and like showing how close they are although interestingly enough do you know the original story uh 
Not really. So, uh, in most tellings of the story, uh, Rowena isn't a character in it. Instead, it's just the king who decides to start being strict one day and thinks they're not being ladylike and starts going all bluebeard on them and, like, locking them away until they were, like, of proper marrying. But they escaped into the magical realm and they danced their hearts away and in happy endings of the story, like, they make the father see the arrow of his ways. In the more grim, uh, pardon the pun, versions of the story, they end up leaving forever. Yeah, so it's like, if anything, it's like a lesson to fathers to be not so hard on your daughters. Which could be such an interesting lesson they could explore, but no! It's all about, you're just special, the way you are. I don't know. Either way, after that, they decide that they're just gonna hang out in the other realm. You plan on spending, like, the rest of your lives in this realm? Like, what? what's your endgame, girls? You just think you're gonna dance there forever and ever? Like, nah. Essentially, they end up going down, and the next morning... Rowena goes in and sees that they They're don't gone. know where they've gone and that they have not come back. Yeah. And we also get a moment where uh, the Derek ends up coming and he gets into the castle and he mm -hmm. discovers how to get into the portal himself because Genevieve had told him before. Yeah, there was a scene where when they were giving him new shoes, she started dancing around in a circle. And at first that seemed like pointless, but then they actually... They paid it off, so... But, uh, oh, guess who else saw him opening the portal? Mm. The monkey. The monkey. The monkey. So, yeah, the monkey ends up showing the sequence. So Rowena come, like, enters the magical realm. She only steals two flowers. She's talking like, we need to get out of here as quickly as possible. And it's like, why? They're on the other side. I wonder, like... How does this wish magic, like, what if, like, Rowena wished, like, oh, I wish they were dead, and then they were like, we wish we were not dead. Like, would they cancel out? How would that? Yeah, there are certain, whenever it comes to magic, it's like, just, a, just not to think about it too I hard. mean, I mean, it's definitely possible to make, like, a magic system feel, like, reflective of your world, and to make it have, like, some feasible aspect to it, even in, like, the most subtle ways. Like, Disney gets a lot of flack for a lot of things, but at least, like, some of their magical things, like, uh, in uh, Princess and the Frog, usually when you use magic in a story, it's meant to help reinforce, like, a certain ethos to the work. And with here, it's just... It's just kind of there. It's just kind of there. Magic is real. Who yeah, who cares? But anyway, so... She leaves, and at the same time, Derek has found him. And he gives him them the goblet, essentially saying that, hey. Things are not good, yeah. Yeah, she was stealing from them, so oh. they decide to go back. Yeah. But then it turns out, uh-oh, she's had her manservant crush the mosaic. Yeah, the entrance, which, okay. That, that was by far, like, I think, honestly, like, her second to next best part, her best part, in my opinion, is a little later, but, like, how she ends up basically wanting to strand them there for the rest of their lives. I mean, granted, they would probably be able to sustain themselves with, like, magic, with food, and... Oh, yeah, the healing water. We barely... We kind of touched upon the healing water. There's healing water, y'all. Yeah, just make and, sure, remember. Yeah, and the youngest, uh, Lacey, ends up taking some. But anyway, so they're lost what to do, but there is another mosaic that is in the middle, and they figure out that oh, they can dance up there. But you need it needs two people to dance together, so, oh, Derek and Genevieve, they gotta dance in the sequence. And it causes everyone to start dancing up in the air as even they- Even the kitty cat. Even the kitty cat is dancing. And they float up into the and air. And also, they get more sparkly. They get so sparkly, y'all. It is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And now that they realize that the king is potentially going to be killed, they need to try and get to the, her and save the king. Yeah, and while they're up there, uh, Rowena, she talks to the king, and she essentially gets him to sign over her as the queen while he's sick. So mm -hmm. she is the queen, and she kind of tells all the guards that the... The princesses are traitors, and to throw them in the dungeons until until further notice. And it's like, yeah. 
So we just kind of get this sort of ex extended kind of like hijinks fight situation between the sisters and the guards. Yeah, which, I mean, credit where credit's due, they do try to like implement some of their talents again. Like they get Ashlyn, it's not Ashlyn, whoever the riding, the horse princess. The horse princess steals a horse and... She's the horse girl of the princesses. Oh, man, yeah. Horse girl representation. You got your weird bug girl representation. Horse Where do girl. the stilts girls fall in? That's like a category I've never <laughs> heard of. Maybe like circus girl representation? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, the stilts girls cause the guards to, like, trip by thinking, oh, they're on the wall, go get them. Oh, nope, they... Yeah, it's not, it's nothing, really. Okay, we do get... It'd be nice if they implemented, like, some of the book girls' talents or, like, anything else for the others, because they were kind of just, like... This movie is almost over. We yeah, really so, much more. so eventually, uh, Lacey and the other triplets, they rest to stay behind, but Lacey decides to go in with the vial, and they eventually catch... Rowena in the act of having Prince Rudolph killed. Oh, I, actually, the best scene, like, when Rudolph is, like, drinking the last of his poison tea, she's, like, very coldly but very effectively being like, don't worry, cousin, no one's going to miss you. Your kingdom's in good hands. And he immediately realizes, oh, shoot you, and then bleh. Yeah, it's kind of established. I'm not sure if he's just, like, really unconscious or if he's just, like, If dead he's, like, actually this. dead. They might have shown a dead body in this. They might have shown a dead movie. body. I kind of like the idea of, like, full-on death. Like, it was, again, as tropey as it is, I am also a sucker for that whole plot where, oh, no, the person is slowly being poisoned. I liked it in The Phantom Thread, who, which did a really cool subversion of that. Uh, I liked it in The Sixth Sense. I don't know. It's a really weird trope that I kind of enjoy. I don't know why, but discovering that... It's sort of, like, kind of devious. Like, you could just, like, poison someone all at once, but if you're, like, drawing it out, that means, like, there's some kind of, like, more nefarious reason. Oh, yeah, there's more nefarious reasons. And it also makes the villain look a lot more, I don't know, menacing, because they know how to, like, cover their tracks when they commit a murder, because they got to make it look like, oh... He's sick. Yeah, it's also, it feels more kind of raw because it's more like of a prolonged death. Ex yeah. And like, it just feels more... Effective. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so... So, once they discover her, she uses one of her flower wishes to animate the armor in the room to kill Derek and Genevieve, which leads to another somewhat hijinky fight, but I don't know... There was like that. Barbie does almost get stabbed. Barbie so. does. Uh, Barbie and Devin almost get stabbed, and like Devin. oh, Derek. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They end up beating it with like I appreciate like the little nice coordination they did. Like he pushes a table out of the way so she can like shield herself. She throws him a chair leg that she can bash the armor with. And he ends up, like, stealing one of the armor's maces and the other. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I appreciate a good, like, fight scene, especially. But as soon as they're about to, like, take Rowena, the manservant comes in and he has Lacey. So yeah. they kind of threaten her. And so They don't really threaten her with anything in particular. They're just like, like, you'll never see her again. Yeah, like, what's, like, what? Are you just going to, like, kill her in front of I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. Just, I feel like... It's just dancing, okay? It's just dancing. That's just dancing. But yes, because she decides to use her final wish to cause Genevieve to dance forever! But then Genevieve pulls out the reverse card and gets <laughs> out the fan and fans it back and she gets the curse. Yeah, the like, that was a scene earlier where, like, oh, you need to learn how to properly fan. And it's like, the fact that this is what they use to defeat her... I don't know. It feels kind of cheap. Yeah, you think they would have done some coordinated dancing to save Like, them. yeah. Like... I guess they kind of did back when they were in the realm. Yeah, but I don't know. It feels like a somewhat cheap means of... But anyway, uh, but, Rowena gets cursed to dance forever, and also the manservant tries to help her, and he also gets some of the curse. Which, which he likes way too much. He likes way too much. It is, like, uncomfortable just how much he's like, oh, this is... 
Pardon me, mistress. Stop sniffing. Like, he keeps apparently stepping on her feet, and he's like, Oh, I should have worn me best suit tonight. Oh, you look lovely dancing. And it's just like, uh, no, 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 no. It's a bit, a like, bit uncomfortable. Yeah, any ending where you put the villainous character with a dude that already had some weird sexual tension with them, yeah. that just, like Alice in Wonderland comes to mind, the Tim Burton one. Like, that oh, is yeah. also just like, uh. Well, I remember that movie. That, that must have been... That, that gives me gross feelings whenever I think about it. But with Rowena and the monkey and the others taken care of, uh, peace has now been achieved, and Rudolph learns to appreciate his daughter's individual talents, and, and guys, he loves them just the way they are. We get the best thing the biggest carriage yet. It's so It's a full big. minivan, sedan, <laughs> family plan. Enough to fit all 12 of the 12 dancing princesses. So you gotta get it at Target so you can get all the little individual Oh, no, 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 no. The carriage is Toys R Us exclusive. Don't get it twisted. Oh, God. Too bad Toys R Us is gone now. Mm, R.I.P. Rip in peace. But it turns out Genevieve is getting married to Derek and the movie ends with all of them dancing together. And being married, and yep, that's, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. So this movie, like we said, not a whole lot plot-wise. It's okay. It's definitely pretty bland. Like yeah. the more we've talked about it, the more you put it in perspective, the more I'm kind of like, eh. Uh, yeah. I was saying this. I was thinking this was more of a middle of the road one, but the more I think about it, the more it's kind of like, yeah, there just wasn't really much there. Yeah, it just. Probably that's why it just kind of, like, escaped my mind so much. Because, like, even with, like, Princess of the Popper and Rapunzel, when I started rewatching it, I was like, oh, I remember this part now. But, like, going to this one, it's just, like, there's no real character arcs in it. Like, mm-hmm. it's mostly just kind of fluff scenes with no real... Yeah. Like, they do have some stakes in it with the whole king thing. With the king poisoning. Oh, yeah, and they I... did save the king, we forgot. Yeah. So the, the magic wars. Oh, yeah, like, that, that kind of goes to show just, like, how... Kind of forgettable this one is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. I do appreciate the improved animation. Definitely, that's kinda... that definitely puts it above the likes of Swan Lake and yeah. Nutcracker, in my opinion. But I do kind of feel like those movies are kind of in the same tier. Yeah, I feel like this movie. It's kind of like they definitely knew that they had a good gimmick going with having the twelve different princesses. Yes, I. I mean that's like marketing genius at that point but the movie itself is just kind of like it's okay it's okay like honestly like i feel like any of these dancing movies so far have just been kind of bland because so much of the focus is put on that dancing and unless you're like super super into ballet it just ends up coming off as but even like the ballet scenes in this movie didn't feel as impressive as yeah i think it felt a lot more like fake you know. Yeah, that seems that seems fair. I mean, I'd still kind of recommend it if you want to listen to like some like good goodish music. Enjoy Catherine O'Hara. And yeah, it's not the worst, but it's definitely you can tell why it's not really anyone's favorite. Yeah. I, Apologies I think, to anyone who this is their favorite. Yeah, the, I, I like I've been telling Henry. I think having Pegasus just like set the bar so high that everything afterwards has just felt a bit disappointing, you know? Yeah, well, I'm I'm still hopeful that we're going to come up with something that's going to be equally if not more uh interesting to discuss. And after this, do we have the Fairytopia 3 or do we have Island Prince? Yeah, so next time we are going to be covering Barbie Fairytopia: Magic of the Rainbow. So as we are actually entering our 10th of these movies, that's going to be definitely interesting to see. But yeah, but other than that, um, I don't know. This movie, just kind of forgettable. I give it uh, two racist parrots out of five. Oh, okay, yeah. We didn't really talk much about the racist parrot. I mentioned the racist parrot. We did, okay. Uh, as for me, I would give this about mm, five dancing princesses out of 12. Like, and it's not even, like, the main princesses. It's the the ones... It's the ones that are just copies of the other princesses. Yeah, you know, yeah. They don't even get their own little gimmick. 
But uh, either way, uh, we might have some. Do you want to talk about? Yeah. So the hiatus coming no. up. So thank you all for listening once again to the Pink Isle. Uh, so just to give you guys a bit of an update on production schedule. Full disclosure, we've been recording this same thing on the same microphone, and that's. I mean, it's been fine so far, but you probably noticed that there's like a bit of an echo with everything we say, and yeah, it's something that I think we can improve, especially as we keep going into more of these movies. But in the meantime, we've actually gotten a second microphone in the mix, and we're going to be trying to get that figured out so that we can increase our production quality. And in lieu of that, we're going to be transitioning more to a bi-monthly schedule where we're going to be trying to upload a new episode every two Fridays because if you know me, I have a very busy schedule and the prospect of editing and recording these podcasts every week, it's a lot, it's a lot, but I'm more than happy to do it, especially since we get to do this stuff together, so. Yeah, and but, it's... We're, we hope for good times in the future. We just, it's just going to be a bit more difficult to keep up because this is scheduled because I'm going to be going away for a yes. bit. So we won't be able to meet in person that often mm-hmm. for a bit. We'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah. But. And in the event that there is episodes where Emma can't show up, we do have a couple of things in the mix for that. So uh, the first thing is we're going to be having some guests soon. I don't want to name names yet, just to keep you in suspense, but we've been reaching out to a couple of people, and uh, so far we got, I think it's basically all but confirmed guests to show up on one of our later episodes, and that's going to be something fun to do. But also, we're going to be trying to expand some of the topics we cover with the Pink Isle, because for RB, with all of her 60 years of history... There's so much interesting stuff that we could potentially get into. So in the weeks that we can't watch a full movie, I think I'm going to try and do something. Keyword being try. I want to try and do some more experimental episodes where I give some basic history about the history of Barbie. And yeah, I already have a couple of things in the mix because boy howdy y'all. Barbie went into some very buckwild places, so it's going to be extremely interesting to share all that stuff with you but I know, and we're kind of getting to, towards like the later half of like the original kind of barbie renaissance mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. soon we're kind of getting gonna get into the transition for the more kind of stranger older thing I yeah mean, the recent things yeah so. so far there have been only uh 38 movies released and uh once we get to the 10th one it's like Oh, we're already like a third of... Uh, we're already we're a like third a of the way there. there. And yeah. don't get me wrong, there are a lot more Barbie pieces of media that we haven't gone over. Like, there's still the Barbie VHSs. We, uh, some of you guys have been asking, yes, we do plan on covering Life in the Dreamhouse. We got the Barbie vlogs. We got the new Barbie Dreamhouse series. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, and even just aside, we're, we, we're not necessarily going to limit ourselves just to Barbie. No, like, not if even that. we get to that. the point, there's so much... There's the, so much uh, amazing stuff within the pink aisle that we can talk about. I really want us to watch those Tinkerbell movies. Oh, I... Like, yeah. Watching those Fairytopia movies has definitely got me in the mood for those. Yeah. That's just what we have on the table for now. But until then... If you enjoy what we've done so far, please, by all means, follow us on Twitter at Pink Isle Pod, where you can receive the latest updates on episodes, as well as the occasional bits of Barbie fan art and memes that we've been able to find on the internet. Because let me tell you, I've been finding a lot of really great stuff with uh, Barbie Princess and the Pauper and Barbie everyone Peritopia. Loves that movie. Yeah, everyone loves that movie. And that's by far our most popular episode so far. So, yeah, yeah thank so, you for listening to thank that. Thank you. For everyone who's uh, made it this far. Yeah. Or for those who this is your first episode. It's Uh, been a fun journey. It has been a fun journey. We're saying it like we're not doing this. I mean, it is... It'll be a bit more of a tentative situation. Yeah, that's fair. a little bit, but I mean... But in the meantime, uh, if you enjoy this work alongside following us, uh, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Give us a heart on Spotify. Uh, rate us on iTunes and Google Play. Do people hearts on Spotify? Yeah. You can add, like, it's it's weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just share this around with any people who you think might enjoy this. Not even, or better yet, 
maybe share this. Show it to your enemies, lock them in a room, and force them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, like, show it to people who might be somewhat dismissive of these movies. Because, like we say in most every episode, there is, like, merit to these movies and being able to analyze and understand them. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, it's something that both of us really appreciate and really enjoy sharing with you. Uh, Emma, uh, like we said, you're going to be going home for the summer now that the school year is over, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll be hearing more from Emma. Emma's not going away, but... No, I'm dying. I'm <laughs> yeah, you're getting Thanos snapped right before my eyes. Yeah, go, well, I mean... They- they undid the Thanos snap. Okay, yeah, we don't need spoilers, to get into whatever. You got your hot takes, but... Uh-huh. Uh, but as for me, listener, you know me. Just uh, follow me at KaufmanHenry on Twitter, uh, HenryKaufman.tumblr.com, and as always, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've got some videos, and uh, by the time you are listening to this, I've probably begun to set up a Patreon, and if so... Uh, You'll find more information about that in the description of this episode. So, yeah, check that out. So, yeah, Emma, you got anything else? Uh, just that I have had a good time watching all these Barbie movies. Yes. And I, I'm just curious to see what we get, especially once we start to get into territory of stuff that I'm not so familiar with. So. Oh, definitely. Who knows yeah. what surprises will be down the lane. Maybe we'll get... Two racist parrots. Maybe so. We can only dream. <laughs> well, until then, bye. And a deep fib will be with you. <laughs>